0: welcome to the fish nerds i'm clay groves chief executive fish nerd of the fish nerds podcast with me today is nick hudson swagger our fish nerds correspondent and our audio nerd and a member of the second best band on Town Hall Road, Diana's Bath Salts. By the way, I saw a sticker on a car today that said, Shut Diana's Baths Down. What oh, did you, what did you seriously?
1: do? What did you do? What did I do? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, the, the fans, we, we just can't control them. <laughs> Shut they, them down. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've gone to the town and whatever, but we are what we are, so... People are just going to have to deal with our popularity.
0: It's really tough be, being uh, as popular as you are. I was I was visiting people the other day, and your band's name camp comes up over and over and over again in town. So it's remarkable.
1: And we just played over in Maine in Naples last night. Yeah, so you were inside Maine. We were inside Maine. We had our passports and everything.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Played
0: were- to the toothless masses. Oh, I didn't say that. Sorry, man. I'm just kidding. I was, I'm talking about Kentucky. Oh, yes. Oh, shit. Sorry, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but hey, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. You've, hosted before, you've co-hosted before. I you have. You did a great job. You've been mixing our show for us off and on forever, which we appreciate. I love doing it. Yeah, totally fun. Um, so tonight on this show, we are going to have a, a lot of fun to kind of give you a rundown of what's going to happen. First of all... I need to talk about bass fishing with you, because you've been doing a ton of bass fishing and live streaming, and I want to talk about that. Absolutely. Then I got invited to go to Tuckerman's Brewery here in Conway, New Hampshire, to talk to a brewery nerd and a fish nerd at the same time. So we'll talk in fish and beer together. It's a good pairing. Yeah. So not, not bad. we got some great fish in the news. We're going to find out one more reason you should never visit Australia.
1: I ran into somebody from Australia while I was fishing. Was they're, they're super nice. They are. And, and well, she was actually an American who lives there now. And uh, she was like, it's really not as scary and dangerous as people say it is. I was like, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> whatever. You survived it. Yeah. You know, but, but her partner's dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And, of course, then we have Stump the Fish Nerd. So, a lot to get through tonight. Before we begin... Uh, I want to promo our Patreon. Now, our show doesn't have any sponsors. No one's giving us money to do this. We do this for free, which is really hard to do because it costs money to make a show. So we're asking our fans to help us keep the lights on, buy us computers and do all the things. So we crowdfund this show through Patreon, uh, which is a crowdfunding website. It's like an ongoing, um, like a GoFundMe or an ongoing, uh, what do you call it? what's the big one kickstarter Uh, kickstarter yeah Yeah. so basically you go to patreon.com forward slash fishners we're asking everyone to give us one dollar an episode that's four dollars a month and that helps the show keep going and i'll send you some swag you know in the mail and a little thank you card and in four dollars makes a huge difference over our thousands of listeners and we are now are saying thousands of listeners this show is growing um it's more than dozens finally More than dozens. More than dozens, which is really great. Uh, And if you want us to mention your business on the show, throw $25 an episode on Patreon, and you'll get the sponsorship level uh, thing. And so right now we have one person doing it, and his name is Josh Lopes, and he is lopestax.com is his website, and he's an accountant uh, in Hanover, Massachusetts, who's also a fish nerd and a great guy and supports our podcast at $25 a week. And that makes a huge difference because I would have shut the show down a long time ago if it wasn't for our Patreon supporters. So that's really important. If you don't have $4 a month and you want to support the show, you can tell people about our show. That's really a huge deal. Word of mouth is a big deal. And you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, which is great. Have you done this?
1: Um, oh, my gosh. I don't know if I've done a iTunes review.
0: Well, if you do, I'll read it on the show. If you I- don't, I... Uh, now I'm
1: feeling bad, for but, I, but I do the Patreon, so I, I feel like I'm doing a little bit of my
0: part. Yeah, are, are you, if you're choosing whether to leave us a review or give us $4, give us the $4 because yes. it makes a bigger difference. But uh, but it's reviews on, on, on iTunes are like uh, currency for a podcast. It gives us some like external value, and we've got two new reviews. I'm going to read those now. First one uh, is by Skeeter1KP. I wonder what that stands for. Uh, KP is probably Kittery Trading Post or someone, uh, okay. something like that. Yep. Uh, it says, too much fun. I love fishing and these guys are fun. Keep it up. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. And then we got one from M. Joe Alexson. Five-star rating. Maybe I'll learn to fish. I'm not a fisher, but not by choice. Fish just generally hate me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they hate all of they us. do uh
0: anyway except for my kid they like they don't hate zoe
1: that's true uh,
0: anyway i've been uh fascinated by the sport and would enjoy it a lot more if i can actually catch something the layout of the podcast always uh, allows fishers of any experience level or lack thereof to enjoy and learn more about fishing funny at times entertaining for sure and always great for learning more about fish if you like fish you'll love this podcast
1: that's a so, great review.
0: It's a nice review.
1: It really does sort of sum up the podcast. I
0: think so. Maybe I'll just rewrite that into my iTunes uh, description of the show and just use that from now on. There it's you go. pretty good. Funny at times. I like to think usually funny, but um, can't win them all. Nah. So, yeah. Uh, hey, there's, a, there's a, some brand new fishing podcast in the world. Do you listen to other podcasts?
1: Sadly, I don't.
0: No, just one only. Just one only. The saddest iTunes feed ever is Fish
1: Nerds. (laughs) Yes. Although I'm I'm subscribed to some other podcasts, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I just don't find the time for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like to listen while I'm out driving around or looking for fishing spots. And actually, Mm -hmm. I don't listen to very many other fishing shows. I find it mostly like you know like they're all about like here's how you catch bigger funner bass blah 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 and i'm like i can't do it i just want
1: to catch
0: a fish yeah so i do a lot of npr type shows radio lab this american life that sort of thing but uh some of our friends and longtime listeners started a new podcast and so i want to shout out to them they're on their third episode and they're looking for uh like reviews but not like necessarily itunes reviews but like I've heard the show. Here's what I want you to do going forward. They're out in Minnesota, so they got this great kind of regional Minnesota accent. You know, Minnesota, don't you know? I don't. Do you know how Minnesota? It? Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, they they drink pop out there. I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, the the podcast is called the Live Well Podcast. Uh, Live Well, like the well in your the, boat, the well
1: in your boat. Right yeah. now, if
0: you read it wrong, Live Well Podcast. It's about yoga. So, it's right. not the Live Well podcast, it's the Live Well podcast. It's a podcast about fishing and the outdoors, based in Minnesota, features a sport nationwide, hosted by Andy Pat Peterson and Justin Moen. Just, Justin's been a friend of the show for a long time. Uh, anyway, so they want you to head to iTunes, Stitcher, and subscribe, listen, and give them some feedback. Tell them what you think. Uh, they mentioned us last week, so I feel it's only fair. Yeah, but, I'll check it out. But it's, it's not bad, and... They're learning, and mm-hmm. what I tell new podcasters is your first five shows, just make them, learn from them, and then throw them all away, because that's where you learn how to, it's like it's like your first time doing anything. You're not right. going to be great at it, but I think, I know these people, and I think if people give them time, get to know them, they're going to love the show. Nice. But it's got to evolve, and they're going to get there. So I've been yeah. trying to hear that show and listen to them more and more, and, and hopefully uh, see that show grow and improve.
1: Very that's,
0: cool. That's the Live Well. I'm sorry, the Live Well podcast.
1: Get it right, Clay.
0: And I got a phone call the other day from a guy named uh, Jerry Hansel. He's a fan of the show. Uh-huh. We're not getting to content very fast here, but yeah, uh, that's all right. But Jerry Hansel, who uh, is from the Midwest, was visiting New Hampshire. Called me up to ask me where to catch fish. Very cool. He wanted to fish with me, but I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't work the timing out. So he was working on a life list of like you know. You know what a life list is.
1: Uh, is it like your bucket list?
0: Yeah, so he makes a list of fish and catch them all. And while gotcha. he was here in New Hampshire, he got a handful of new fish. And I want to shout out for him to thank him for calling me and tell people to stop calling me.
1: Well, <laughs> I got stalked. <laughs> Did you? Didn't you see the picture on yeah. Fishner? Someone, car?
0: someone took a photo of your car and then put a map of New Hampshire on there, like from where he was to like your house.
1: Well, to to where he was going, which was apparently Conway or something.
0: And he recognized uh, the sticker on your car. Do you Both? think he knew you, and you?
1: Well, he recognized the fish nerd sticker, but he also recognized the Diana's bath salt sticker. See, so you're getting famous. Apparently, so.
0: Yeah, that's. I, it's weird. I was at that Tamworth Farmers Market the other day, and this uh, old guy comes up to me and goes, "Fish nerds." That's hilarious. And I'm like, "Hey." He goes, "Yeah, I'm from Nan. Uh, from uh, was he from uh, the Nepfa, New England?" Uh, Paralyzed Veterans Association's Bass Trail. Oh, cool. And I had made a donation to them back in the wintertime, and I had him on the show, and he recognized me, and I didn't even for a second recognize him.
1: But That's how big your fame is, I, is that you meet so many people, you can't even recognize them it's, now.
0: It's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, you've been bass fishing. I have. To. And you've been, I, I love I love that what you've been doing. You've been live streaming your bass fishing trips on the Fish Nerds podcast group. Yes, but I haven't seen you actually catch me fish while live streaming. What's been going on
1: well i'm I'm recording with a GoPro um and I'm actually trying to put together some GoPro videos. Um, I have a bunch, and I just need to get the editing done. Um, but actually my hope is to start producing a regular eh, like once a month video to post through Fishnerds um just kind of what I'm doing fishing. Um, because I don't think of myself as somebody who really knows a lot and I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go along. And, you know, there's a lot of YouTube videos out there of people with fancy gear and, you know, fancy boats and traveling all over the world and all this great stuff. And yeah, that's fun to watch, but it's not really the experience for the average person.
0: Well, I think it's really important to know is like... You know, if you look at those YouTube videos, a lot of them are sponsored anglers. Yes. So they're only fishing with the Rapala or the you right. know, the whatever brand lure they use and the has to be the Toyota brand truck and this brand the other. And yeah. one of the things that Fish mergers suck at doing is getting sponsored. So you're just a guy fishing with whatever works for you that day and you're learning through experience, which is how we all learn. We don't exactly. We don't learn a lot listening to podcasts about fishing. We learn by getting out in the water and doing the right. work. So, and you've been fishing these great areas up in uh, the Plymouth area of. Well, yeah, my kids were
1: my kids were going to camp at Squam Lake Science Center, um, and so I got an opportunity to get out on Squam Lake um, a bunch of times and fish it on the kayak. And I've actually got a great set of GoPro videos from a day that I went out there and I used a drop shot. And I was just bringing them in left and right. It was By the awesome. way,
0: I don't know what a drop shot is. And I don't know what that means.
1: And I didn't know no. either until, you know, I'm, that's you I'm tell kind us of learning. What, what's a drop so shot? So a drop shot is when you have the hook probably like 12 to 18 inches up the line. And then you have wow. a, a weight at the bottom. And you just have like a little plastic worm. And the, the hook's done so that the worm sticks sort of straight out like it's a swimming fish. And you just kind of cast out and very slowly kind of bring it towards you, but letting it sit still at a time. And like smallmouth, they just, they go nuts for it. It's crazy. I'm going to try it. It's awesome. It's a really good, really good technique. And I just learned about it and it works.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've heard the phrase. I just had no idea. Yeah. Uh, But I've actually seen people use that technique, ice fishing. Yeah. You know, if they know the fish are suspending two feet off the bottom, they'll put a weight in the bottom, put their hook right. two feet up off the bottom and yeah. get it that way. And so I, I just didn't connect the name with the technique. So Yeah. Nick's taught me something. Oh my God. I know I'm so happy. That's a little scary. But you've been catching fish, which is great. And the videos are so much fun. And what I like about those is it's they're real life, real interaction, and it's just you doing the doing the things. And yeah. it's totally fun. So if you're not already on the Nerds podcast group, get there. Be friends with us. It's got a really good community going there. There's like six hundred people there now, yeah. and supportive, friendly. We're all from different places. You know, I'm seeing it on there is like people are traveling now, and they're going like, "Hey, I'm going to South Carolina. Does anybody know someone who wants to go fishing?" And people are going, "Oh yeah, yeah, come fish with me." So I think um, Liam Gary, who um, owns Backwoods Graphics and makes our decals for us, is fishing down there with Fish Nerd's correspondent Michael Frank. Nice. Just. Because of being part of that group. Right. And I, when I travel, I put on the group, I'm traveling, and people say, oh, I'll take you fishing, and we get to go fishing. So it's a great place to kind of make friends all over the world and, and go fishing. And,
1: and you know, everybody's got their own interests and, like, different species and techniques. So you really get a broad range of, of ideas and experiences. And
0: Yeah. And we're know. having good debates on there, too. I mean, yeah. the, the Speak Up for Blue community is on there. With yeah. their fisheries questions, and the fishermen are on there going, yeah, but what about this? And we're having these friendly conversations. It's not an aggressive. There's no trolls there, because I throw them out. Yes. So it's simple and easy and fun. So yeah, but you've been doing great. I've been loving loving seeing those those videos. And I want to see you catch a fish next. Yeah, I've got some
1: really great GoPro footage. Yeah. Um, and now, if you
0: can get a harness and put it on a bass, and put a GoPro on his shoulders, and then let him go.
1: How do I get it back? You have to catch the fish.
0: Oh, God. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I could do that.
0: Yeah. No, I was reading a bass study the other day out of Canada. Uh, and they had a bass lake, and they, con- they controlled the entire bass population. So they it was a man-made lake, and they put in a 1,000 or so, whatever number of bass in the lake. Mm-hmm. And they fished the lake. And as they fished it for, I think it was two years, they tagged and recorded every fish they caught. And then at the end, they drained the lake. And they found this and they collected all the fish. Yeah. And they knew all the fishes through genetic markers and tags. Right. And 50% of the fish, I think half had never been caught. Wow. And then there were other fish who had been caught a thousand times. Yep. Yeah. And so there are some bass who you just, they just will not take a lure or bait. And there's others who just don't learn. Yeah. So I, I imagine the ones you're catching are the ones that don't learn. <laughs> just, you can and the it.
1: ones who swim right by my lure And I can watch them do it They're the smart ones
0: Or just the ones that just have adapted Not to eat whatever you crap you're throwing at them Right Now have you ever caught the same bass twice And been 100% sure of it?
1: Um, no, but I think I have
0: so, I'm tell you a story About one time I was fishing with Zoe My daughter, who's by the way If you've never fished with Zoe
1: She's a rock star
0: She, she, Her, her fishing method looks like this Go out, catch a fish Take a photo, take a nap. That's how she fishes.
1: It's a good technique.
0: Uh, but when she was little, she was good at fishing. When she was three years old, we were fishing on a dock and she was catching a uh, little pumpkin seed sunfish on her little, you know, Barbie rod or Dora rod, whatever it was. Probably Dora. Yeah. Knowing my wife probably was not Barbie. Um, and she caught this pumpkin seed and she was very gentle reaching the water to re- to, to, to take it out of the water, and a bass came up and bit her hand and took the pumpkin seed out of her hand and broke her line. Oh, I remember this story. Oh, yeah. yeah she was horrified. She was so upset, crying, crying, crying. I s- settled her down and hugged her, and I put on a big – I was using my favorite lure at the time was sluggos, topwater mm-hmm. lure, put it on, and I cast out about 40 feet from the dock, hit the water. A fish exploded on it. I fought the fish in, took it out of the water, and you know had my sluggo in its mouth, and on the outside of its mouth – it had a broken fishing hook with a little pumpkin seed stapled to its mouth, so I was able to release the pumpkin seed alive, and then release the bass alive. And my daughter thought I was like, like the most amazing fisherman. ever That she is saw.
1: incredible.
0: So these fish are not stressed by being caught. You know, no,
1: it's not
0: at or all. Or hooked. They just they forget about. It, they move on. Uh, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with that bass. Um, Science study I read and find the author and try to get him on the show because the stuff I read was like, yeah, unbelievable.
1: I think I may have heard of that study. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember reading something about it, how there seem to be some that are, they just will not, you know, and others that just get caught over and over and over
0: again. Uh, and interesting thing you, You've been doing your fishing on Squam Lake, right? Uh, Some of it. Some yeah. of it. Now, Squam Lake, there's been a big study in New Hampshire about about bass and migrations. Mm-hmm. And so all these bass tournaments happen on Squam Lake, and they capture the bass, they drive them to the boat dock, they weigh them in, and most of the fishermen just dump them in the water right there. Right. So the question was, do those fish return to their spots, or do they stick around in the cove where the boat launches? Oh. And so they tagged all these bass in tournaments for a few years, and they put yep. them all back in the water, and they swam, and they measured where the fish ended up. And 80% of the bass, I think it was close to 80%, end up back in the exact spots in the lake where they were caught. Even though they were caught, brought into a boat, and driven to a different section of the lake, they found their habitat, their spot on the lake.
1: That is really interesting.
0: Yeah, it's a really cool study. Because of, some of the bass fishermen who think they're being more ethical will catch the fish, weigh it in, and then drive it back to where they caught it. Which, by the way, probably is more ethical. Right. But it seems like it's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, I don't know how I feel about bass tournaments as a thing. Anyway, it's a whole other. Yeah, I don't. That's, I don't understand it.
1: So they're, they're, that's another world. Yeah, um, I've,
0: I've had bass tournament anglers on this show, and it's like talking football. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like I don't watch football, and I don't watch bass tournaments because it's. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not that kind of competitive. You know. So yeah. So it's. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh hey, cool. Hey, so I I got to go to Tuckerman's. Brewery the other day. Do you drink Tuckermans? I do. Awesome place. Awesome place. Now, I'm doing some work with another podcast called The Great Beer Adventure out of Maine. Right. My friend Amanda hosts that show. She's been doing it for 100 episodes or so. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It tells the story of breweries and great beers all over the world. So, I'm now a correspondent for her show. Oh, nice. So, I got to go to Tuckermans, interview them about their... I'm burping because I'm drinking beer. Interview them about their beer, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to put that interview in this show so you can get a taste, but if you really want a good show about beers, you want to subscribe to The Great Beer Adventure.
1: Very nice. Another great brewery that I was just at last night mm-hmm. um, is Bray's in Naples. Really? Yeah. What's it, how do you spell it? B-R-A-Y apostrophe S. Perfect. Yeah. It I- used to be Bray's Brewery and Pub. But apparently the brewery and the pub separated. So now it's Gary's Pub and Bray's Brewery. But they're in the same building. No
0: wonder. Does Gary's Pub serve Bray's? Yes. Okay. It would be weird if they didn't. Yeah,
1: it kind of would be.
0: Totally weird.
1: But it's a great place. We played there last night. It
0: was a total blast. Oh, we should have gone. Yeah. Now, the thing about American beers is, historically, we've had terrible beers. Yes. So, Eric Idle from Monty Python. Remember yep. him? Yeah. So he said, American beer is like having sex in a canoe. It's, yeah. It's effing close to water. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, here's Maybe. Tuckerman's.
1: <laughs> here's to Tuckerman's. Yeah. Maybe we should have that on a t-shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is Clay Groves, uh, chief executive fish nerd of the Fish Nerds podcast. I'm hanging out at Tuckerman's Brewery in beautiful downtown Conway, New Hampshire with Chris Foster,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Chris Foster, Tell us who you are.
2: Um, I am uh, Chris Foster's my name. <laughs> um, and I am a brewer at Tuckerman Brewing. Um, I also do packaging here. Um, and we just kind of try to make the best beer that we can at this brewery.
0: Yeah. And I've been in Conway for 13 or 14 years. And this has been my go-to beer since moving up here. Because I right, always like to right. do the local stuff. And I think at the time, Tuckerman's might have been the only local brewery I think they were. When I first moved up here.
2: Yeah, when I moved up here too, it was the same thing. I always see Tuckerman in, in their, you know, six pack, and um, they're pale and their are headwall alt, and it was still cheap. You know, it was like yeah. one of the cheapest local beers around.
0: Yeah, it's not anymore, but it's, uh, yeah. it's still one of the best. I think for me, it is the best local beer around. I yeah. still love it's it, great. and I love this new facility. So this new facility, you guys moved here a couple of years ago. Yes. Yep. And uh, it's now a giant brewery in the back, beautiful space. And in the front section, you've got this great public room where we do beer tastings. I've been here for live music. Uh, I've been here for parties, like private events. Exactly. Uh, And it's a stunning, stunning space. How long have you been working here? Um, This
2: October will be uh, my seventh year working here. I started back in 2010, so... um, uh, been, and I started right off the bottling line. And you kind of you know, we had a skeleton crew, pretty small, and you work your way right up. If you can get through the uh, packaging and the bottling line, then you get on to filtering. And then it's like, okay, let's see if you can do some brewing now. And that's how we all started. Which is really
0: great. So now you can do all the jobs.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I have not been filtering for quite some time. we got have some of the younger guys doing that now. Because um, there's a lot, of, lot involved in that and uh we always sit back you know i haven't filtered for two years i don't know if i can do it again you know jokingly but uh if you know you, you can sit back and think about it and we do it
0: yeah, yeah. and a little bit of quick training go, absolutely go. yeah yeah so what's the backstory of tuckmans where why was this brewery started uh, yeah.
2: i think uh kirsten and nick they just you know had a dream yeah by and, my math
0: is about 18 years right? yeah
2: yeah exactly and i don't know too much how they really got into it i think they just wanted to they loved great beer and just wanted to start a brewery, and yeah. that was not happening up in this valley. There area. was nothing
0: happening. And from their website, they were up here as skiers. They moved yeah. up here to work in the ski industry, yeah. and they were home brewers.
2: Right. And
0: right. kind of they were skiing Tuckermans and had that kind of like ah, epiphany. I love right. beer. I love Tuckermans. What if, you know, your chocolate's in my peanut butter, yeah. and boom, here yeah. we are, right? And it's fabulous.
2: Fabulous. And I think we had good water. The water here is excellent.
0: It's, and I, that's huge. It's So funny. Do you travel at all? I do a little bit. Okay, yeah, so when I yeah. travel to the south, yeah, we we bring water from up here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we go to like South Carolina or Florida. We go to over the Hussy Field over here in North Conway. We fill up like thirty gallons of water, right? And we bring it south with us because the water yeah. in the south, people don't know, their water's terrible, terrible, terrible. But our water up here, our groundwater is pulling oh, spring. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. fantastic. So yeah. it's great. Uh, And you guys are located on one of my favorite ponds for fishing. Okay. okay. I I own a house on Pequock Pond, which is right behind the brewery here. Yeah. And uh, that's where I ice fish a lot. And that's where I own a house there. So I summer fish there a lot. And uh, it's a great little fishery. So it's really fun. And you fish too?
2: Yes, I do. I love fishing. Um, I grew up um, as a child um, up in northern Minnesota, uh, 100 miles um, north of Duluth. So we did a lot of fishing up in those, all the lakes up there. All freshwater. I grew up eating freshwater fish, so I love it. Love it.
0: You live down on Ossipee? Uh, actually, on the Ossipee
2: River? River. Freedom? Uh, um, border of Freedom. Parsonsfield, Maine. Oh, so wow. I'm a manor. Yep. Mainer. Um, now,
0: Ossipee River, I have been fishing now all summer. Yes. I actually started fishing at January 1st when it opens. Opens, right. Yeah, right. but um, smallmouth bass fishery.
2: All uh, over the place. Unreal, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You so get a lot of small ones, but sometimes you can... Pick up, you know, pound two pounders in there. My,
0: my daughter caught nice. a, a two and a half pounder today. Nice, the other day. yeah. Great. We, we fish right below the dam there. It was, oh, it's right. great. So you've been here brewing. Yep. And so let's kind of go through the kinds of beers. Talk okay.
2: About that. Um, right now we have our well, we have our flagship. There's our pale, um, our headwall. Um, the headwall
0: pretty, alt has been for years my favorite beer. I love it. I and love it. Just such a good. It's a good delicious. beer.
2: And then, and then we have our, our stout, our 6288, um, and now we're getting into um, a lot of different brews. Um, we have, you know, Jeremy Petchett, It's a great, we brought him in. Um, I trained him on the brewing system here, and he's just really knowledgeable of putting beers together. And he's been doing a great job and doing, and, you know, now our rock pile, we got that dialed in. Um, and we have some of these other brewer, brew. Uh, beers uh that we're putting out basically you can only get them in the brewery right so when
0: i come here i always get that that uh that sampler of beer yeah the the flight yeah the flight and actually i went to top top of cranmore mountain the other day yes and uh the best payoff every mountain every hiking mountain should have tuckerman's beer on the top of it because we got to the top of the mountain and there's a bar up there and i ordered a flight of tuckerman's beers
2: Excellent. Get yeah. in your
0: little wooden box, right? And all the little samples oh, up there, and it made hiking down way yeah. more fun. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And then you get to see the mountains. You all say, "Well, this is what it's all about." It's, no it's wonder a- why they got this inspiration. Yeah, you know? it's
0: pretty amazing. And, and the beer here is fabulous. What is right. your favorite?
2: My favorite, today.
0: Today. What are you drinking right
2: now? Right now, I'm drinking our. It's the summer ale, which I really like. It's a nice, light, easy drinking beer. It's just, it's not. Heavy in the body or heavy on the hop nose. Um, it's just light. It's a good beer and um, there's a little citrusy in there. Yeah, that's what nice. I like. Um,
0: my favorite summer beer is it, my wife's favorite one is Shandy, mm, you know, which okay. is like that lemonade beer. Yeah, you yeah. know, and my favorite classic beer, it's just IPAs, I'm always going to. I'm in that mode right now, right, the IPA right, mode. Right, right. And, uh, which is yours, New is Zealand, yeah. and it's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I still think the Alt is better. The Headwall Alt is That's beer. kind of
2: my go to, yeah, my favorite. Classic. I, just, I love it. I love that light because it's not, it's not a huge multi flavor. There is a lot of hops in it, and it's a dark beer, but with a very light flavor, which mm-hmm. a lot of people, oh, they're scared of the dark. It's light brown, but it's like you taste it. It's like, oh, it's just
0: refreshing. It's so good, and and no. so um, what? When you transitioned to a beer brewer, what were you doing before that, and how did you get drawn into doing this? Oh, um, well, for a
2: while was uh, I worked about eight years at the Shartner Farms, the strawberry farm, farming, mm-hmm. and I just You're picking strawberries. Yeah, well, I wasn't picking them; making I was we were growing them. Yeah, I was okay. making. I was a jam cook. I was uh, making the jam, um, you know, farming, taking care of the fields, and doing all that. And I just I saw p- an in the paper how this company was growing, I said, they're going to need some help. So I just, I met Kirsten and Nick at a uh, friend of mine, Bruce Pater's birthday, his his, um, deceased wife's birthday party. And I met them and we just started talking and just kind of kept coming to the brewery. And I finally said, how can I get into this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, filled out an application and they were looking for people at the time and we just started right from there, you know, And and I was growing my own hops at the time. And I said, how much do you need for a batch of beer? And they said, oh, about 20 pounds. I'm like going, oh. That's more than you're growing. Well, (laughs) I had a lot, but yeah, it was more than, and then then I just kind of got out of that and just, you know, I was doing a lot of work. Now, hops
0: are like weeds, right? They just grow everywhere. Well, they they can. They're a perennial. Yeah.
2: So um, you do find them a lot because they came over from when this country was settled. You know, they brought their hops over. And so there's a lot of wild hops around. I have a, a wild hop on my farm right now that I've tried to keep growing.
0: Yeah, they say um, beer, um, rum and fish are why our country is successful. Uh, so, sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's some great history books. Oh, I like those three things as critical. You yeah. know, our drunk soldiers are why the British couldn't beat us. Right. Because we were outnumbered, <laughs> but because we were rowdier, yeah. <laughs> they didn't well, how to fight us. No, so, yeah. Well, we got our beer with us. So yeah, it was we good. had a beer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing and so now you've been brewing seven years here seven years yep yep and you love it
2: i love it you it's love a great it. job and, and, it's good,
0: good atmosphere
2: good yeah. people and that's why i find, you know yeah. i see
0: maddie's here you yeah. know um he came over from another bigger brewery right you know, right and, and he seems very happy with, yeah. with the transition over um the music you have here you do this summer music series It's yes. unbelievable yeah that's
2: really taken off i think a lot of that was a um, kirsten's dream to really because she loves music and loves going to shows and just said let's do this year, and, and it's kind of been a hit you know it's crowded every time we have a good music yeah. bands coming in and you know we have a lot of small bands and a lot of some of the bigger
0: right so you have bands. a september trains coming yes right? and they're no yep. joke i mean yep. they come here and they will rock oh they'll rock house yeah. what's the date on that do you know that is september 2nd Yep.
2: Yep. um and that's you know they're going to be a good show um they're just great, they're yeah, a great rhythm band. They're so much fun. If you yeah. haven't
0: seen N-Train live, they played last night here in North Conway. Your yes. band opened for them. Yes, we did. Yeah, I heard like thousands of people came just to see you guys, yeah. and a million, a million came to see Entrain. Yeah. And it's great. And it uh, rocked the house. We couldn't yeah. go because we were camping. So
2: right. We well, that happens. But
0: you know, but it's it's a great time. So in that summer series, you can find that information at Tuckerman's website, which is TuckermanBrewery.com. Is uh, I believe
2: it? so. Yes, it there'll is. be
0: links, of course, at yeah. Great beer Adventure and Fishner's.com dot oh, com for those nice. for those things. So, tell me a little bit about um, your first memory in beer. What was the first beer you ever had? Oh,
2: my first beer I ever had was when my dad was mowing our. At the time, I lived in Massachusetts. By the way,
0: every beer memory starts with my dad. My dad, exactly. <laughs> no one <laughs> ever says mom. Drinking let me have Miller a beer. High Life. It was oh, drinking Miller High Life. Of beers. Yeah, that was it in the clear bottles. Yes, they still. And it's still actually a summer beer. It does its
2: job. I, it's you know, I take that when I'm canoeing. Yeah. You know, I like it, yeah. so it's a good good beer. But that was it. And a small young How kid. How old were you? Oh, I was probably well. I was not of age, right? Um, you know, he just had it on the summit. Goes, go ahead. have a sip, and I did, and like, I didn't like it. You know,
0: no it does. No nope. yeah. nope. beers we're, like that. Yeah, it. It and then it just to, then
2: you know you go through the the high school years and the college years and. All of a sudden, this, then you started. All of a sudden, I'm like, I can make my own beer. Then I got into homebrewing yeah. you know, after I kind of went through college.
0: Oh, you waited till you were old enough.
2: Yeah. I'll well,
0: say. so I started homebrewing when I turned 18. 18, yeah. Because you can buy all the beer ingredients. Correct. And, right. Without being 21. So I started brewing when I turned 18 because I wanted beer, but I didn't want to go have to like fake ID it. Yeah, all those yeah. things. So I brewed beer at 18. And then when I turned twenty one, I never brewed another batch. Right, because it's such a pain in the ass. It's it's a it's, lot of work it's and it's so expensive too. It does, you know, you're not saving money no, making your own no. beer. That is no, for you're sure. not. Yeah.
2: Um, no, I got into that. You know, make my own, and then I got into wine and mead. I really mm. love meat. Meat so, is good.
0: Yeah, I love it. So, yeah. What is your favorite homebrew you've ever made? What's the flavor you've done?
2: Oh, geez. Um, oh, my home. I I like stout. I made a good homebrew stout. Stout is actually
0: easy to make. One I like those it. Things, yeah, nice. and I,
2: I do. I like it. Um, and then there was a, another, like I think it was a type of ale using a lot of centennial hops, oh. which I really liked a lot. Well, um, it's fun to
0: like get all nerdy about. Yeah. The beer oh
2: stout. yeah, you can get into it. And then I'm just like, nope, I'm not gonna go that way. This is just we're making beer here, yeah. so. keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. And now that
0: you're here, do you homebrew stuff?
2: I don't. Yeah. I don't. I try to make my mead because um, I just like mead and it's easy to make. Um, I don't have to, and I can, you know. Yeah, I have to buy the honey. I did have bees for a while, so I was able to. When I was working at the strawberry farm, we were able to collect a lot of honey. Were those your bees back there? No, they no. they weren't. No, they were. Um, we um Hud, uh, who was my boss at the time, got bees in from another guy, but we just. Uh, kept them there and try to keep them alive they're
0: tough they're a tough
2: little insect I, I to did keep going these
0: last year yeah. one year only and yeah. after that i decided that i could buy an awful lot of honey, honey. for the 400 dollars i invested this year
2: exactly by the yeah. way
0: 400 dollars for your first year is cheap
2: yeah um it goes on after that.
0: Yeah, no, I quit. I thought, you know what? I lost every bee, and I'm done.
2: That's what I happened quit. to me. Yeah, I, I, I got two years out of it, and that was it, so.
0: It's fascinating. Yeah.
2: It's, uh, it's really fascinating. All, so, the, all the power to the beekeepers. Yeah. Now, so you're
0: you're old like I am. You know, yes. Right? Yeah. I don't know how old you are. Um, I'll be turning in, 50. 40s. Yeah,
2: 50 uh, this November. Okay. And the big so, one's yeah, coming up. You're so. older
0: than me, so that's good. Yeah. Um, back in the day, microbrews were the thing. Do you remember mm-hmm. when we didn't have... We didn't have craft beers. No, we had some micro, micro brews yeah. back in the day. Think back nineties. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. that puts you back
0: in the middle of the microbrew like right. revolution. What was your favorite beer? This is pre Tuckerman.
2: Oh geez, I was drinking a lot of. Um, There's this great brewery out of um, Hudson, the Mass, called Pilgrim Brewery, mm-hmm. and they were brewing some amazing stuff. Um, Ipswich breweries, breweries and brewing stuff, and I would go uh, to this liquor store, and we would get these twenty four ounce bottles of a, like harbor light this i think that was from ipswich and then pilgrim came into on the scene and brewing stouts and i just loved it it just that's kind of what got me going on on the uh, friend of mine we just would go in there and buy these cases of these bottles and like you're buying it all out I'm like yeah yeah but we are because we like
0: it that's how we would do we would yeah. go in and we would buy every week It'd be thursday night would be a different microbrew. and we would work worked down work the our way, yeah. and I think I've had near every beer you know? and then now you can't keep up because no. because craft breweries are now popping up like everywhere right and beer in America we were talking off Mike earlier yeah it's better now than it's ever been in our history exactly ever been it's places like Tuckerman's that have put it back on the map right, you know, it's, right.
2: And, we're try, and we try to be very consistent with our brewing um, and that's the key when you're a brewery it's like brewing those beers that are very consistent and all well because if
0: you're you know, if, if I want Alt, and yeah. I'm I, two years, I'm in how Alt, Headwallalt. Right. I go to the store, I get one skunky batch. Yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. I'm gone. I'm moving on. I'm, I'm buying someone else's beer. Right. 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 So that's, it's really critical, and I've had that happen with with other beers who I've loved. Yeah. And then they got into a weird, it changed. Like mm-hmm. and and you, you, you want that thing. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard. It's it's a chemical process. It's 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 real science. True. And, and you got to know your stuff. So yeah. And, and Tuckerman's has dialed it in over the last few years, yeah. and it's a wonderful place. And if people haven't been to the Tuckerman's Brewery, you guys offer tours here. Tours, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: music, everything.
0: It's a beautiful place to yeah. visit. The concerts are all family-friendly, so yes. you don't have to be 21 plus to come see a band here. Right, come, right. It's $10 cover know uh, yep. for the end train for example. Yep,
2: for train. Sometimes we have free shows. Free shows up on yeah. Saturdays. We do that. Yeah, so.
0: and Diana's Bath salts, um, one of the bands associated with the Fish Nerds, has nice. played here
2: a number of times, number of times. Yep, uh, which they're really great loved. to see. You yeah. know, they, everybody's like, "Oh, they're coming back." So, yeah, in fact, um,
0: Nick, their rhythm guitar player, lead really guitar player, he is our audio engineer. He oh, makes okay. Our shows for us. That's
2: great. That's yeah, great. And yeah. he
0: wrote the music for our. Um, for our fish nice. news, which is nice. great. Okay, so one last question because yes? i got to bring it back to fish again. Okay. I, you know, even though we are on the Great Beer Adventure Podcast. Exactly, yep. I am a fish nerd at heart, mm-hmm. and so are you, I can yes. tell. Yep. Tell me your best pairing of a freshwater fish with beer. What do you Ooh, think? And boy. you can pair it with a Tuckerman's brand if you want to.
2: Um, okay. A nice freshwater fish. Um, tell
0: me how you are me to cook, too, because that impacts. Well, I you, do. I,
2: like, I, like, I grew up uh, fried fish yes. i've lately i've gotten right, into breading
0: them or you, uh breading are you, are you, are
2: you them you well around. my grandmother had a secret recipe oh let's hear it oh it was we did a, uh, third butter, a third of butter a third of bacon grease in a third of butter a third of bacon grease oh my, I'm, and a, i'm dying already. yep and a third of um oil uh-huh. and then we would do then you would wash your fish uh i don't think we used flour it was just i i can't remember this recipe uh and then corn, um, cornmeal was a big part of it. Yep. And then you just fry it. Perfect. But you know, you batter it and yep. let it sit for half an hour. That yes. was the key.
0: It's you really couldn't important. just throw it right
2: in there. You had, and you have to walk away from it. And then you'd fry Perfect. our fish.
0: Yeah, something happened in that time. Yeah. The longer you take between breading your fish and frying it, yeah. it something magical yeah. happens. I don't know what yeah, it, it, was, it is. It, but it's That's real. right. It
2: was uh, cornflake,
0: cornflake crumbs and
2: um, cornmeal. So, and you up in Minnesota, you could actually go buy a box of cornflake crumbs.
0: They just take. We them. just would. We
2: could have just bought cornflakes and crushed them up, but no, you could buy these cornflake Minnesota's crumbs already. Great. You know, it's yeah. great. So. Yeah, we have
0: a lot of listeners in Minnesota, you know, and they yeah. will probably be writing and going. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. Well, Lutz and Lutz in Minnesota—that's yeah. where it's at. Now, in know. the south. They will bread their fish. They'll take like Doritos, and they'll drop those Doritos into a, into a food processor, oh, and they'll bred them in Doritos, like catfish, for example. Yeah, yeah, um, which I've tried, it's... and it's it's as good as you can imagine. Oh, it's, I bet. It's I, love, I love
2: catfish. I it's, do too. It's, it's a good
0: fish. I do too. All uh, right. Do you have any parting words for people uh, who um, are thinking about visiting Tuckerman? Oh, brewery? just yeah.
2: Please come up and uh, try our beers. Uh, we have a lot going on. We got some. We're getting into the kind of the fall winter season. I know it's still summer. I'm not pushing the winter season, but we're going to be getting our stout out and our altitude, which is um, uh, kind of an offset of our headball alt, which is a little bit stronger. Um, It's good beer. I like it a lot. And, uh, yeah, come on up and enjoy and see some music. That's what we're all about up here.
0: All right, and uh, so Chris Foster from Tuckerman Brewery. Thank you so much for coming on the Great Beer Adventure oh, my podcast, pleasure. and of course, the fish nerds always appreciate talking to one more nerd.
2: Oh, and excellent!
0: I have an open invitation to take you ice fishing this winter.
2: All over it, you yes, know, I, I know
0: Maddie does some ice fishing, but I but I catch fish, and I'd love to take you out and put you on some real fish. Um, excellent. And especially even down your way There's plenty of great fishing down there. Yes. I guide on Ossipi all the time. So awesome. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, it's, it's great. Be a total totally great time. All right. Uh, thank you. It's time for Stump the Fish Nerd. Nerd. Time for Stump the Fish Nerd. That is our occasional segment where you, the listener, can call in 607-378 fish and ask us a question. And we will do our best to answer it. If we can't answer it, we will find an expert to answer it for you. Okay. So this one, and this came over Facebook, which is not my preference, because if you do it over Facebook, then we are going to do an impression of you calling it in.
1: Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, it's
0: a little bit of uh, Facebook theater. So if you could play the part of the caller, Carl Hayes from Philadelphia, and you can just ask the question. He's
1: from from Philadelphia? Yeah, from Philly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) This is my best Philly accent. All
0: right. Do you have the question in front of you? I do. All right, go ahead, hit it.
1: Why are scallops so much money?
0: You know, as someone who's just from just outside of Philadelphia, that was remarkably close.
1: I, you know, I have a way with accents. Yeah.
0: So, uh, this was asked on Facebook on our group, uh, Captain Sean Tibbets from MaineTunaFishing.com answered, and I'll do my impression of Captain Sean. Okay. Keep right. it clean. I know. Like, I had he, he wanted to co-host today, and I just I'm like I don't know if I can just I can't edit like that today. I <laughs> bleep, bleep, yeah, bleep, I know. Bleep. I know. Like so, he'd be like, "Yeah, effing scallops are primarily caught far offshore." <laughs> it's like <laughs> some weird Gilbert Godfrey from Maine. <clears throat> the quotas are small, and supply and demand gets big dollars for them. So that's what answer. Um Okay. So the, basically, he's he's right. Um scallops are caught far offshore. I did some little research on there and uh the the Press Herald out of Maine this year did a story about scallop prices and they are this year at, at an all time high. Okay. And that comes from two things. One, uh demand of scallops is at an all time high, right? Mm-hmm. And the the numbers of scallops being caught is actually pretty high. So so would you Wait. but yeah. But Wait. but the demand is so high. That they're able to sell every scallop caught, and the market allows you to price them at whatever you want if the market will pay them. So they're not catching more than they can sell, and the market bears the price they're putting on them.
1: That's not how so, supply and demand to work. But they're not
0: oversupplied, it's the, the right amount.
1: Okay. Yeah. So they so, can kind of pick their price. Yeah. If
0: they were catching like 10 times the amount or a few times more than what they could sell, if they had extras. The price would drop. But they're meeting the demand. And there's actually a match on price and demand right now. Um, and it's you would think a year or two ago when the numbers were low, yep. the scallop prices were up, but they weren't. But to somehow demand wasn't up either. It's a trendy thing in the last couple of years to eat more scallops. Wow. So I and, never and, thought
1: of scallops as like a, you know, a.
0: I just I think of scallops is like old man seafood. Yeah, it's yeah. not that big a deal. You know, like I go out with my father in law for dinner, and the only seafood he'll eat is, is our seer scallops, right. which are delicious. But like, there's a lot of other things out there,
1: right? Yeah, and exactly. I, and my
0: dad, and I, you know, always ate scallops growing up too. But anyway, so it's it's a supply demand game, but the demand is is a really high number right now, and they're getting plenty of scallops in this fillet, but they're not having too many, and so they just keep inching those prices up. Which is a real win for the fishermen right now. Right. And yeah. they need it because uh, with so many fish on decline and so many little moratoriums here and there, having a fishery that they can actually make some money on is super great. So, so it works out. Good on them. Uh, I don't yeah. pay a lot for seafood. Um, I don't eat seafood. so That's so weird. I was at um supermarket tonight doing my Eating with the Ecosystem project. I was buying Hake tonight. And uh, hake is like it's in the cod family, okay. And it's eight nine nine a pound, which is not too bad, right? Um, <clears throat> but it's some surprised to see cod for sale, which is a moratorium on cod fishing. But the cod they're selling is from like Alaska or some bizarre, okay, yeah. mismatched place. But they have Acadian redfish there, five nine nine a pound, which is this little redfish out of Maine. Oh, yeah. I so remember good.
1: hearing about it on the podcast a Yeah. Back.
0: So good. Yeah. But I couldn't eat that. It wasn't on my list this week. So we made yeah. uh, I made hake cakes for dinner tonight. Nice. And then Kristen made a nice arugula uh, pesto. And hey, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sweet. Right. Anyway, if you want to play dump the Fish Nerds, call 607 378 Fish. How about some news?
1: I love fish in the news. Yeah. do you travel um i used to travel more but i like to travel
0: yeah do you want to go to australia
1: i actually have always wanted to go to australia
0: i have too but you know i've also wanted to bungee jump and i've also wanted to uh, skydive and do other things that could potentially kill me yeah 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 uh and now australia has one more problem (laughs) <laughs> that is a serious picture yeah so this is from menshealth.com but I've also seen this on CNN and other places flesh eating sea bugs eat teens legs leaving him very bloodied by the way very. by the way this headline is not even like trying to be like cool it's just like no. Nope. it's like a whole sentence you never see that it's,
1: this is incredibly shocking it is and if New these photos K.
0: are real um, first of all how do you not notice this is happening at the time uh this, kid, this the photos on the website, and I'll put a link at Fishners.com, are these two feet just covered in like bite marks and blood. Mm-hmm. Um But after a tiring football game, sixteen year old Sam Kenazzi just wanted to soak his aching legs in the water in a beach in Brighton, Australia. But the water wasn't the respite he'd hoped. When he emerged a half hour later from the waist-deep water, his ankles were streaming in blood, the BBC reports. It looked like a war injury, his father told the news outlet. Kanazi took a shower to try to stop the bleeding, but the wounds weren't clotting, and he kept bleeding. Now, it's interesting because a lot of of animals that eat humans, they're small, they're parasitic, and their saliva is an anticoagulant, and I think that's the case with these bloods. With, gotcha. these, with these animals. Uh, two hospitals in the area were, able to, uh, were unable to identi- identify what caused the attack, so Kenazi's father decided to go back to the beach and investigate himself. He took his daughter and put her in the water. What? I made that up. That's not true. Oh, my God. Uh, he, he dropped a hunk of raw steak in the water and taped what happened next. Tiny, mite like creatures swarmed on the meat. The creature's... Swarming the meat were like amphipods, like those scuds, yeah. right, which are not known to bite humans. University of South New South Wales professor Alistair Poor told the New York Times, just because they gathered around the meat uh, Cassie Dad put in the water, that doesn't prove that those are the creatures that bit Sam. More likely, oceanic parasites known as sea lice, which usually feed off fish. Um, did it. And these sea lice probably weren't any more aggressive than they usually are. It just may be that they were more of them in the water than usual, which could be the case. If there were lots of dead fish around. Um, so sea lice aren't Australia's thing. They live all over the world, but you don't need to freak out, the BBC says, because uh, Sam's bites like this are rare, but they do bite humans and they usually leave only an itchy um, rash. I'm not going to that beach.
1: That is insane. Just looking at the picture, it's, yeah, I don't understand how he could have his feet in the water for half an hour and not realize what was happening. It's
0: possible that he's from Australia and he's used to pain. (laughs) (laughs) Just maybe the way it is. You know, uh, last week I went swimming and a big shark bit me, you know, and then this week it's like, ah, sea lice, you know, and (laughs) next week it'll be, the koala got me and, you know. That's it's a terrible <laughs> Apparently
1: this Australian guy is from the nineteen
0: forties. <laughs> yeah, she's Koala. Yeah. Layla. Layla. <laughs> hey, look I I'm the worst. <laughs> I, we need Luke to do these, uh right, we have a correspondent in Australia and we need him to do these stories next time.
1: Yes. Luke absolutely. Chavis.
0: All right. That's, anyway, so that's Australian uh fish news. And now we can go over to uh England if we're gonna play the game. Um <clears throat>
1: Oh, England's not dangerous. Yeah,
0: and uh, no, it's <laughs> England. By the way, I, have you been to England?
1: I was born there.
0: Really, you're English?
1: I well, I'm actually Scottish, but I was born in Windsor, England, and uh, I've been over there many, many times. My brother lives over there.
0: Really, I had no idea. Yeah. Anyway, there's in England. There's like no natural nature. Like when I flew to England, I was stunned by how like organized everything seemed to be. Yeah. All squares of farm fields and cows and trees that are perfectly organized. You know, yes. <laughs> that's England.
1: That is England.
0: That's England. But uh, they did a story. This is out of the independentco.uk. And there's a trend in fishing right now called um, pulse fishing. And this is a nature Studies. Pulse fishing is the marine equivalent of fracking. So what pulse fishing is, near as I can tell, and I'm not going to read this whole story to you, is... These big trawlers, uh, it's the Dutch doing it right now. You know, mm-hmm. the Dutch. Yeah.
1: yeah. I um, like the Dutch. You do? Well, until I read this. Yeah,
0: And I'm still not sure how I feel about this, but we'll get to it. So What okay. they do is they have these giant metal chains that go in the water. They drag them across the bottom, and they pulse electricity, in there. they stun with the fish. They net the fish out. Theoretically, uh, if you talk to the Dutch and listen to them talk, it allows them to have less bycatch. Okay. And release, and release more fish unharmed. Okay. The European Union has banned this technique. And um, I'm going to get together with the Speak Up for Blue podcast, and we're going to do some research on this and talk to some experts and see if we can find out what the deal is. Because if you are shocking a fish, you think it would kill it, right? No. You wouldn't think that.
1: Well, no, because I know that they do that for you know population studies. That's right. It's
0: a very common way yeah. to do it. And, and those of us who participate in these studies where we've shocked fish and you can... Handle them for a minute or two, and then you release them, and they seem to be fine. So there's part of me that says, okay, well, if you're getting less bycatch, is it better than trawling the big nets, dragging across the bottom? Is it the same, or is it worse? If it's better, maybe I'm behind it. But the, the details aren't in yet. They're experimenting right now. People who are against it comparing it are comparing it to like well yeah of course it's an experiment but if you caught a whale and tasted it that's also an experiment you wouldn't do okay right that's true That's yeah. yeah technically yeah so uh we're gonna do some research on this and dig in and i'm not gonna read the whole story uh today but just kind of i wanted to put this kind of thought out there and if you are a marine scientist listen to the show and you know about uh this stuff um give me a call at, at the fishner hotline, 607-378 fish i'll call you back and i can use your I, i'd love to have an expert who knows the details this story here is very anti um fish fracking <laughs> but but yeah. other stories i've seen are very positive towards it so I, I i don't know the real story here and i kind of i kind of want to dig in a little bit on this before i read all the before i have an opinion
1: yeah the whole idea that it's you know fish fracking I think is a little extreme. It seems it, you know.
0: Yeah, it seems it and you know again if the goal is to have less bycatch, I'm in. Right. Uh, although, if it actually does if that. If it actually does that. Um but we don't know that it does and so we'll find out. We'll do some we'll do some digging around on that one. All right, I'm in. All right. I think I got one more story. But my link is not You're going to have to edit here. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Sex and canoe. I can't think. I couldn't remember that (laughs) punchline. All right, and this is uh, National Geo... Three, two... This is from National Geographic. Strange deep-sea fish likely filmed for the first time. The small ghostly creature was caught on camera swimming more than a mile below the sea. I think we'll be finding, as we get more and more people with GoPros and mm-hmm. these little handy cams, we'll see more and more, not just fish, but all kinds of animals filmed for the first time.
1: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, they were 8,000 feet down. Uh, scientists think they found a brand new species of fish. Small, wriggling creature is a snailfish, and it's from the family uh, Liparidae. And uh, I don't know what Liparidae means, but for having been found at the depths of the ocean, the snailfish is unspelled cute more resembling a small minnow than one of the ocean's deep creatures. And most of those deep creatures are like blobfish and like all googly and angelfish and they have the little funny teeth and the big lights on their foreheads and all that stuff. Uh, There's actually no story here. It's just just a brand new fish.
1: Well, and I actually read an article about this discovery and it's like, it is a new fish, but it's so close to another fish that it's like, I don't know. I, I sometimes feel conflicted about these new species that are found. Like there was a new species of snake found in the UK.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it was everybody knew it was there. They just thought that it was a different one. And then they did like a genetic study and it's slightly different. And I'm like, okay, yeah, technically it is, but it's you know, it's it's a snake. You you saw it every day. <laughs> you just thought it was a different name.
0: I don't you're know. just jealous because you didn't name it you know it'd be like the f- person who who trademarked pet rock you know like we've had pet rocks in the okay. 70s and someone grabbed it and went oh she a pet yeah i'm i'm trademarking that or i'm gonna grow yeah i don't know
1: when they when they find you know like bigfoot or something i will say yeah that's a new
0: species oh you speaking of bigfoot
1: Oh, God, here we go.
0: There is, by the way, there's a Bigfoot in the White Mountains. If you go to Facebook, look for Yes.
1: Oh, I I follow. White
0: White Mountains Bigfoot. It's it's amazing. He's on Facebook. You know, it's totally real. And that's how you can tell. But I've been listening to Conspiracy podcasts lately. I saw that. And I'm way in on the Flat Earth thing.
1: Yeah, they're Uh, fascinating. It
0: is fascinating. But in order to be a Flat Earther, and this came from, uh, I heard this originally, these guys originally on the Twisted 10 podcast. Mm -hmm. But in order to be a Flat Earther, you have to start with a whole other series of beliefs in other, um, like a cult or conspiracy theories, right? Right. You can't be a flat earth person if you believe we landed on the moon. Correct. Right? Because it doesn't, doesn't go together. Uh, if you believe in um, Bigfoot, that's a, that's a match. Yes. Right? Uh, if you're a very biblical person, flat earth is a match. Potentially. Well, in the, it does in the Bible say the Earth is flat, and it has what's called a for fer, Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It has a big covering on it, and right. a lot of the flat Earth movement believes they're biblical. They believe there's flat, and there's a big bubble over the Earth, and they talk about that. But you also have to believe that NASA is a hoax. Right. And uh, your own eyes are, aren't working properly. And so my, I'm fascinated listening to these podcasts about the flat Earth, um, because— when anyone challenges them, they simply say, "Just not true." Like, so if right. I said to you, "Hey, how do you know the Earth is flat? I mean, it's round?" You said, "Well, uh, NASA has these things called spaceships, and they fly through space, and they took a photo, and they sent that back to Earth, and it, uh, and we saw it with our eyes." Right.
1: And their response would be, "Well, NASA fakes everything." That's
0: exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and satellites aren't real; they're just projections in the sky, and there's an eclipse coming up, and the reason you got to wear special glasses to look at it is because without them, you can see that it's a fake. <laughs> so uh, that's the
1: problem with every conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. you know, is that you've got to jump through all these psychological loopholes in order to believe
0: it. It's fascinating, but then yeah. I start wondering what other what what do I believe in that matches with that? Am I oh. any different? You know, I'm not religious, so I can't claim my belief in God matches right. that. But it, you know, one one can yeah. make that well, case. Well, you believe
1: in you believe in science, and right? That's fake,
0: and that's you know, that's that would be the case. It's like, how can that be real if it's always changing? Exactly, right? That misses the whole point. Um, but I would, I, I I would love to ask the guys if it's a giant conspiracy. What's the goal? Well, yeah. Like, why would why would why would they, whoever they are, want you to have a flat earth, not a round earth? Like, what's the goal? Like, why work so hard? To keep you under control. For what? Like, what's the goal?
1: To keep you under control. I mean. Well,
0: that's probably right. Anyway, so I, but I'm fascinated by, it, and, I'm right. gonna, and I want to do is the Twisted Tanners emailed me and they said, Clay, we need to find out the Fishner's reaction to the flat earthers. And we're going to record it and then put it on their show as a nice. rebuttal to the flat Earth being on there. Now, I reached out to Doc Martin, one of our scientists on the show, yeah. and she won't play. No? No. She says, by participating, it validates them. And it's so stupid, it hurts your brain. I can understand that. Uh, and that makes sense. I agree. Probably putting her under the bus here by saying that. But I think it's fun. So, I'm in. I want to find a way to, re- to rebuttal. and So, I'm trying to find out... Are there fish migration patterns that show the curvature of the Earth? Um, is there any reason to use... Can we use that to show that there's curvature in the Earth? Right. Yeah, because remember, they don't believe the Earth is... They believe it's flat, and they believe it's stationary. And the sun goes over
1: right. the Earth. How do they explain gravity?
0: No such thing. I've heard this. This was uh, last week on on the Flat Earth Podcast... Gravity is not a thing. Okay, you hit the ground because if you're more dense than the than the space around you.
1: Okay, so how that might work in with like fish and buoyancy and mm-hmm. and bladders. And, it
0: works in, in 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 the air as well. If if you've got a hot air balloon right. and it's less dense inside the hot air balloon and it's,
1: oh or I gosh, mean, I
0: don't know. Anyway, it's it's you have to disregard fundamental laws of physics. Well, also. Evolution isn't a thing, right? If you're a flat earther. through the Earth is not old enough to have had evolution, right? Um, so you have to get back into the, you have to be a creationist. Um, There's a lot of beliefs that ignore what you see around you. You know,
1: we've got a lot of that going on in this world right now.
0: Yeah, it's but it's fascinating. So I, it I, anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to put anyone's belief under the bus, but I'm just very curious. I'd love to talk to someone who can help me put together a rebuttal. And I only want to do like, I want to do like five reasons that fish tell us the earth is round and send that into the twisted 10 podcast that they can use. Sweet. So if anyone has any ideas, I don't have ideas. I'm not smart enough to have ideas on no, this. No, I can't debate these guys. They've done their homework. They watched YouTube videos. Well, they just make it up. No, or? they watch YouTube videos for hours and, hours and hours and make it up. Oh yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the arguments say, well, of course it's true. It makes sense. And it's like, well, uh, yeah. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson's response was, uh, science is not at liberty to make sense to you. <laughs> it doesn't owe you anything. <laughs> I love so, his
1: answers to things it, like that. Pretty
0: pretty good. Anyway, so that's it. Um, that's, that's coming up. Uh, hopefully in September, we'll have a rebuttal to the Flat I'm Earthers. I'm very
1: excited to hear this. Yeah,
0: it has nothing to do with that fish at deep water, but maybe it does. Maybe the Flat Earthers don't believe the ocean's deep. Oh, wow. I don't know their ocean beliefs. Yeah. I've got to find out. So I'm going to keep listening to Flat Earth Podcast and watching yeah, their YouTube videos. Right. Oh, the, the idea to them that there's a molten core... Yeah. ...doesn't exist because there's no core because we're a flat plane. So where do volcanoes come from? They're just the government spitting on you. I have no idea. I, <laughs> I, I, There's so many things I need to know. Wow. My favorite was last week. They said... To, they said, you know how we know that scientists don't even believe this themselves? We asked the scientists, if you're in Australia, how come all the blood's not rushing to your head because you're upside down? And the scientists couldn't answer the question. And therefore, we know they can't answer it because you're not upside down in Australia because the Earth is flat. And Australia Australia's here, and we're here.
1: Or maybe it doesn't matter where you are on the planet because gravity is the same and you're not upside down. Oh,
0: there's no gravity, see? get confused
1: i, I clearly am <laughs> anyway
0: it's great i love it i'm in love with conspiracy podcasts and you're going down the rabbit's hole man well it it will go down if i start believing in this stuff
1: i i think it'll just drive you crazy oh, you think so i, it's, it's I a worry sh-
0: it's a short drive <laughs> it's a short drive yes all right let's wrap this up so that's it you've listened to a couple of fish nerds when you should have been fishing
1: We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that nerds do. If you would like to support fish nerds, you can go to patreon.com and search for fish nerds and help us crowdfund this podcast.
0: Special thanks to Nick Hudson Swagger of Diana's Bath Salts, uh, Tuckerman's Brewery, and uh, everybody for listening. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. So until next time, follow the code of fish nerds, spawn early and often.
0: Avoid st- free lunches with strings attached.
1: And swim against the current every chance you get. <laughs>